Hello, and welcome to the Reality Weekly Podcast. We're here to talk about the Survivor, the Merge episode. I'm here with three of my best friends in the whole world. Let me introduce Andrew. Andrew, how you doing? I'm great, White. How are you? Doing good. Happy to have you here. Next up, News. News, how you doing? Uh, hi, everyone. I'm doing good. Uh, I'm excited to be talking about this episode. Uh, it was a good episode, uh, and, uh, you know, let's get into it. Yeah, cert- certainly leaves a lot of potential for the rest of the season. And lastly, Tyler. Tyler, how you doing? Oh, I'm just glad I could sneak up on this conversation just to be a part of it. Absolutely. We're happy to have you. Now, we didn't we didn't have an episode last week, so I do want to briefly go over the you'll vote out. Uh, Andrew, were you surprised that you got voted out or were you expecting it to be Wendell? Uh, I was hoping it would be Wendell, but I wasn't fully surprised when it was Yule who got voted out, which made me very sad. You know, news. Does it really speak to how good of a player Michelle must be to like not even have her name mentioned at all in that vote? Listen, there's a new queen in town, and her name is Michelle. She is dominant <laughs> in this game. She is dominant. Like, look at that socially. Like she came into the tribe in a minority, and uh, she was her name didn't even come up for a vote last. Uh, you know, at the tribal council, and even and you have to think, Jewel wasn't even going after her, and that just speaks volume, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and Tyler. If you were um, Michelle and Nick, uh, do you think voting out Yule was smarter than voting out Wendell? Um, oh, I mean, 100%. I think, um, like, I mean, I guess you can see what happens, but Michelle and Wendell were very close going into the season. They definitely played up the fact that they were, like, you know, more, you know, exes and they didn't get along. They actually are very close and they get along very well. So I was not surprised. And I think, you know, when you really trust each other like that, we saw she, she really trusted him as she gave him a fire token. You want to stick with the people you trust wholeheartedly. So I think it was right. So move. I have a quick question on that because then, like, why would the editor show, like, you know, Michelle, like, in these confessionals just, like, bashing Wendell and that stuff? Wouldn't it make more sense? If, like, Michelle was actually close, wouldn't she say in the confessionals, you know, like, how I'm playing this up and so on and so forth? Or, like, you know, that's so more well, I think you can be close to someone, but still be frustrated with how they're behaving. And I think we can all agree that Wendell was absolutely obnoxious in that episode. So I can understand why any ally of Wendell would say, like, you know, what Michelle said. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like you're always kind of more harsh and, like, are willing to, like, talk bad about people you're close with because you have that built up social capital with them. Like if I was on the um, island, I'd be much more willing to like bash Andrew if he's been annoying than someone that I barely knew because I'm like, okay, I don't really know them and stuff like that. But if Andrew's acting up, I'd be like, okay, buddy, you know, cut cut it out. We're still together, but you know, you're being annoying. I also think that there's like a pers- like I do think there's a chance that they actually were good this entire time and it kind of was more of like a devil advocate type thing uh, on the producer's behalf where it was like hey Michelle like things didn't go well with Wendell does that mean they may not go well out here and they may just be kind of kind of feeding into the editor's um, discretion uh, just to kind of make a, a you know a basic show I mean it seems like Parvati was definitely gonna go home it seems like Yule was probably the the obvious boot here and if they just showed that and they don't have any suspense for the rest of the episode so i do think maybe that's that's potential as well and you'll seem visibly nervous at that tribal too yeah i i think he knew okay so getting to the merge vote here uh obviously wendell goes home it it was a really interesting vote i felt like i feel like there was a lot of ways it looked like it was gonna go they talked about denise in the beginning then she wins immunity they talked about nick they talked about adam and then it somehow turns out to be wendell Uh, i my first question is going to go to news were you surprised that it was a window that ended up going home uh i wasn't surprised that wendell went home i was more surprised by one other thing and that was where was michelle this whole episode like this whole time you've been building up the storyline that michelle and wendell hate each other right where was the edit of like you know michelle like uh you know finding out not finding out but like you know being uh, you know having like what her thoughts were on the plan on the vote and you know like, what she was going to do i think there was a that was a huge missed opportunity by the editors and uh, i think that whole storyline fell flat by the end yeah, I mean, this brings up a good point to Tyler. That you know, they talked a lot about, they showed a lot about Jeremy uh, trying to say Wendell. Um, but it seems like in past episodes, it seemed that Jeremy and Michelle seemed to be somewhat close. So I am surprised that we didn't at least see Michelle and Jeremy vote together, regardless of of who they voted for. What do you think about that? Well, I think like this is always the problem through attorney seasons. We don't know the players' relationships going into the game, like prior to the game starting. So I think that might have had a huge 
thing to do with it. If you can remember in like the pregame interviews, everyone was talking about how chummy um, Jeremy and Wendell were being, like in the Ponderosa. So this doesn't surprise me that he wanted to work with Wendell coming in the game. I think Jeremy sees Wendell as someone who could be targeted instead of him potentially. Or with him and Michelle, I think Jeremy's almost always likely targeted before her. Yeah. Now, Andrew, what what is your thoughts on someone like Adam, who seems to be pretty like sporadic, but somehow see, still seems to be like avoiding the vote in terms of like the majority every time? Like, what do you do? You think he's doing something right, or do you think he's just really getting lucky? Honestly speaking, I think Adam. I don't want to call it luck. I don't think it's his doing, is what I'll say. I think people see him, see how sporadic he is, see how all over the place he is, see how messy he is. Even, like, his closest ally, Denise, was willing to vote him out this episode. I mean, she ended up not doing it, but she was willing to entertain it. So I think people see that there are bigger threats than Adam, and they're just going to let him slide for now until they finally don't need him anymore. Listen, I'll say this, right? With uh, Adam, it feels like he's he's become like the punching bag of the season. You know what I mean? Where, like, if someone's upset, they just, you know, lash out their, uh, you know, anger on Adam. I felt so bad for the guy. He went up to Ben. He was like, "Hey, you know, like, uh, is the plants don't set?" And like, like Ben just like, you know, just uh, just got angry. And you know, that confession where Adam was like, "I should be the one that should be paranoid. I should be the one that's like should be upset." But he's the one that's actually upset. It's like it's nuts. I actually agree with Adam in that moment. And you know, I just feel bad for the guy kind of at this point. Yeah, I, I mean, do I think, think that. You go first, Wyatt. I do think Adam and Ben's like relationship is like almost like a buddy cop comedy at this point. It just seems like they have like such like negativity towards each other, but at the same time, like they have to stay together uh, because they were in like the other side of the votes on both tribes. So I, I'm interested to see where that relationship goes. You, you go ahead, Tyler. Yeah, I was just gonna say that um, with Adam, I think he definitely brings it on himself. I think he so. I'm only I'm a big advocate for the idea you have to play to your archetype. You have to play to how people perceive you. And like the truth is, especially with this cast, Adam is the small underdog. I don't want to say loser, but he's like the nerdy guy of the season. So when you come in looking like that and you have that perception, and if you try to be arrogant with people like he was with Boston Rob, which he was with Ben, which I'm sure he has probably been to other people. They're going to react negatively to you. And we saw this with, like, again, with Denise so willingly to vote him out. I think people just don't really respect Adam, and I don't think he's anyone to blame but himself. Yeah, I, I want to throw this back at you, Tyler, on this. I know um, we talked about Adam, we talked about Wendell, but Nick was also discussed here. You know, just this entire episode as a whole, where do you go with Nick? Do you think that Nick is, like, a target? Do you think that his, like, idea of, like, um, kind of creeping in on people's conversations is, is certainly going to be a negative for him uh, for the rest of the merge. Like, what, are, what are your thoughts on Nick going forward? Um, I think like this is kind of like where Nick was in the beginning of episode one, David versus Goliath, where he needs that realization that he's not where he thinks he is and needs to rethink his own whole game. Not his whole game, but he has to rethink of what he's doing. And I think with uh, Wendell being voted out this round, this is going to happen to Nick again. I think he's going to shake up a bit and then kind of put into gear what he did so well in David versus Goliath. Because, you know, I still think Sophie probably saved Nick because she had a much better relationship with Nick than Wendell because I think Nick is a more personable guy. I do think Nick still holds good relationships with people. And if you notice that people who wanted to target Nick were people who were not already priorly on a tribe with Nick. These were people who just first met him. And I do think he gives off those sneaky vibes when he first met him. So I think you give him some time, I think he'll be a good spot. Yeah, Andrew, um, Tyler mentioned that Sophie basically saved Nick. Do you think that Sophie and Nick are going to be like a long-term alliance going forward? Do you think they actually have potential to work together the entirety of the game? Possibly. I mean, I think based on this episode, seeing Nick vote in such a minority like that, Nick is going to need allies, and I think Sophie could be a perfect ally for him, actually. I think they would make a good pair. Um. And I think Sophie has enough awareness to realize that, realize her place in the game where she's going to need people who aren't so threatening, but also people who maybe she can make a case against at the end. So I think it's a good opportunity for both of them to see where it goes. I don't know if it'll be long term or not, but I have been surprised this season by certain things anyway, so it could go either way. Yeah, you know, one of the things that impressed me the most in news was that Denise seemed to be so 
like keen on like just brushing Adam off to the side if he has to go. What was your what were your thoughts on someone like Denise who seems to be like allies with Adam this entire game, basically just be willing to like brush him off? Denise is very charming, and honestly, God, I couldn't tell in that moment if Denise was just playing Jeremy or what, because it's just hard to tell too. Like if you remember in the, you know the Sandra vote off, she was like saying, you know, I'm going to play up the, you know, the sad, uh, the sad underdog story, and you know, get people to, you know, feel bad for me. I think she's just someone who's, uh, she's a, uh, you know, she's able to change her personalities very quickly. She's someone who's a. Uh, very good at the game and which I, obviously she's like you know a winner but you know that's just I, I honestly couldn't tell you in that moment whether or not she was being genuine whether or not she was being genuine about uh, you know voting out adam or not i don't yeah. know if it matters if she's being genuine or not i think like we've seen twice now where people have really reached out or not reached out but we've seen twice now denise completely cut off people that could be potentially allies like sandra or who was an ally like adam and completely cut them off the knees and say i'm willing to vote them out whatever you need me to do. I mean, who would want to work with somebody like that? Like, if I were Jeremy and I went up to Denise and she was so willing to vote off her perceived to be best friend in the game, I would be very worried and I would not trust her. I would not think, oh, good, Denise is on board. I think, okay, we have her for a vote, but the first chance she gets to turn on me, she will. I thought, it, like, you know, I think it was foolish a bit. I think you should always be a bit more um, push back a bit. Even if you're willing to do it, you should at least pretend that it makes you uncomfortable. Yeah, but if you actually but, look at the season, uh, sorry, uh, sorry, what I'm just gonna say here. But if you actually look at the season, the people who actually try to defend their like friends and stuff that ended up actually going home uh, very soon after. If you look at Wendell and Jeremy, right, that got split well, up. Well, Wendell and causation though, news. Like, I don't think that's the reason. I think I'm not saying don't go with the plan. I'm just saying do a little pushback. Don't t- completely throw them on the, under the bus right away. Like have some like pushback with it. Be like, oh well, I don't really want him to go. Um, are we sure we couldn't do this? No. Well, okay. I guess if everyone's doing it, I'll have to do it. Don't. So yeah, don't like go extreme and just refuse. But also like don't be so willing to do it either. I don't know, but, man. Denise could be playing 4D chess. All right. You know, you know, Tyler. Similar to what you were saying earlier, you said that people need to play into their archetypes. But we saw at the merge feast, we saw that a lot of people were like, you know, basically like giving a lot of props to Denise for voting out Sandra, and they saw her as a big player. So don't you think someone like Denise, playing into her own archetype that she created for herself, needs to be like, hey, I'm gonna brush off Adam. Like, you know, I got an, I got the idol from the queen, and I voted her off. Adam, you know, that that's nothing on me. Well, I don't know if that's her archetype, though. I think that's just the move she's made in the game. I think Denise's archetype is that she's, like, you know, an older woman, and she can be seen as, and I think in her sense, like, a tough older mob, per se. And I think, like, that, it would always be nice if she was more a bit more protective of Adam, even if she had to let him go. I just think, I don't see how this in the future is going to have people thinking, yes, I really want to work with Denise long-term, because she will be loyal to me. Like, I don't get that. And I think you do see that with the Nick, Wendell, and Michelle uh, pair. Yes, Wendell's gone now, but I do predict Nick and Michelle will do very well together because they can completely trust each other. And Denise doesn't have You know, one of the most focal points of the episode, Andrew, was, you know, seeing this alliance of of what they called, like, big threats or big men. Uh, How in the hell has been a big threat? I asked myself the same question when I saw that. I was just thinking my mind really, like, I mean, I guess the perception is he found idols and advantages in his season. He can do the same thing in this season, which means we need to get rid of him. And he also knows how to make fire. So come Final Four, there's that as well. Um, however, I, I don't think he fits the big threat at all category. And on top of that, I don't even think that Big Threat Alliance is going to last. They're unstable. Like, Ben, to a certain degree, is unstable. Tony is 100% unstable. Um, like, they're, they're not going to last. Just, just just no. What do you think about that news? Do you think that they're actually going to be uh, just an alliance that's going to break apart? Or do you think they actually have legs to potentially stay together? Honestly, with the, being as an all-winter season, I think loyalty is kind of out of the window. I don't think that alliance is going to last a long time. Um, and honestly, with how sporadic some of the players, some of the alliance members are, I like Tony. I think you know they're just going to split apart very soon. As soon as one of them gets paranoid, that's just uh, my view on it. But uh, you know, I could be wrong. What do you think about that, Tyler? Um, 
I, like, yeah, yeah, I agree. These players aren't known for working uh, together for long periods of time, especially Tony. I mean, like, Tony was betraying his quote-unquote big threats like LJ in Kageon even. There's no way he's going to be working with these people long-term. And that's just how they are. They're paranoid players. It, it's, But I thought Tony was very perceptive, though, when he said, you know, players like Nick, Sophie, um, who else did he say? I believe he said, like, did he say Michelle even? Yeah, Michelle. He says they're low-profile players. He doesn't want to say they're non-threats because they are. They're just more low-key about it. And I thought that was really perceptive of him and actually like showed how much Tony actually knows about the game. Because I think someone like Ben and even to a degree Jeremy do kind of write those players off. And I do think that will cost them. And I think Tony's awareness of that might be why he does better than the other threats in the game. I, I am a little bit more bullish on this alliance than you guys are. I actually do think there's a potential that they'll stay together. Just because I do think that the the idea of like, hey, if it's just like me in the end with like Michelle, Adam, and Nick, then I'm probably going to be the one that they're going to target. So I do think that these guys will stay together at least to like mid-merge if possible. I mean, I think Jeremy being willing to essentially vote out Wendell or at least go along with the plan and not try to flip it, you know, and tell Wendell and everything. I, I do think that that has a good sign coming forward but you know let's see what happens when people want to get rid of officer sarah who's with tony or somebody wants to get rid of uh you know i don't know who who ben would be close to but somebody that they have a little bit more stake in keeping. adam adam yeah yeah i mean i guess adam as well uh so let's go back to I the edge ben of extinction adam right out the window <laughs> yeah let's go back to the edge of extinction uh andrew were you happy to see tyson uh rejoin the game i mean if my options were tyson and boston rob I'll take Tyson. Yeah. News. I, I One of the things I thought about during this was I saw them and Jeff was like, everyone except for like Parvati and Yule and Amber uh, have an advantage. Where the hell did all these coins come from? Like, how, how does Ethan have four coins? How does Danny have? How does Danny have four coins? Where did they come from? <laughs> like, that, That's my question. I was like so confused by that. Uh, I was like, did we miss like, you know, some scenes, which to be fair, I, like, you know, I'm sure they don't show everything, but still it's kind of a, you know, I don't want to be that guy, but uh, to wear the tinfoil hat, but it is kind of suspicious. I'm not, I'm, I'm going to be honest about that. I was like, what, what, like what happened? What could have possibly happened on Edric Extinction? You know? Yeah. Uh, uh, Tyler, one of the things that also caught my attention is at the beginning of the episode, before they had the Edge of Extinction challenge, Natalie was like, hey, you know, I got enough coins that like I, I bought an idol. So if I get back in the game, I have an idol and I also bought an advantage. And then Rob was like, Amber gave me her tokens and now I have enough for an advantage and an idol. But Tyson just has the advantage. He didn't have the idol. Should he have not bought the damn peanut butter? Um. Yeah, like... Yeah, no, I think he made the right... Like, I think, like, that's really results-oriented. Because I think with, like, Tyson's uh, philosophy on it was, there's a very small chance I might actually even re-enter this game. So why waste my money on an idol if I that I might not even get to use when you can just enjoy the little things? Because I, I think there's more to that than you think. And I think maybe Tyson having the extra calories or just the good spirits definitely carries on over into the challenge. Like, I think those things are important to have. And, I mean... Who knows? But yeah, it, it, to me, it's just very result-oriented and saying, oh, he should have bought the idol now that we know. Hold on, hold on. You're saying that peanut butter was a fine purchase and not having an idol. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Uh, well, I'm saying we don't know. No, I know, because he's in the game with no idol, and he bought damn <laughs> peanut butter. <laughs> like, well, like, I... Like why? I'm telling you right now, if I was at an auction on uh, Survivor and they said, you know, you want to pay all your money for this hamburger, I would take that over any advantage. Yeah, well, you were a dumbass, too. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I think I think what we're not factoring is an auction versus buying something before every entry competition or two things. An auction, you've been in the game for 20 something days by now, if not longer. You're probably hungry. You probably could use the food. So you could win an immunity challenge. I kind of get that one, right? And it lowers your target because people won't be suspicious that you have some sort of advantage. But in this situation with Tyson, I kind of see where Wyatt's coming from. Because the whole notion is no one's really going to suspect anything of him anyways. He kind of could use an idol. Let's face it, they're going to vote him out again at some point. So like, I, I get the whole, like, oh, the peanut butter probably put him in high spirits. But on the same note... 
I do wonder the long-term thinking behind the peanut butter purchase. I hope it doesn't come back to bite him, but I really wouldn't be shocked if it did. I mean, an idol puts him in high spirits too, you know, <laughs> like, especially when you look at like uh, seasons like Redemption Island or even the original Edge. It's like a lot of the times when people come back into the game, they get voted right out. You know, uh, Matt from Redemption Island comes to mind. Even Chris in Edge of Extinction, he comes back in the game and he was a target at Final Six. Like, it's not like just because he won the game doesn't mean that he was like unscathed when he came back in the game. It's like people That's always come back in the game. And and Nick and Chris both had an idol when they came back in the game. So I know if I'm playing the game, if I'm Nick, if I'm Wendell, if, if I'm Michelle, I'm thinking that Tyson probably has an advantage of some sort. And that's probably a big reason why he wasn't on the docket uh, for this vote, is they probably assumed that he had something. Like, I, I mean, I think you guys are probably right. I just think, I think I would do the same thing. So it's hard for me to disparage it that much. Like, I wouldn't necessarily be as hard on it if it was Danny Boatwright, because it's like, okay, the chances of you winning the, the, the challenge are low. But if you look at Tyson, he's looking around at that camp. It's like, how many people would you be, like, honestly surprised if they won the challenge, right? Like, I would say, if, if Boston Rob won, I wouldn't be too surprised. If Natalie won, I wouldn't be too surprised. If Parvati won, I wouldn't be too surprised. If Mule, I probably wouldn't be too surprised. That's like half the people, right? The other half of the people, like, it's like, you know, you know you're a good chance to win this. You might as well come in with power. So if like Amber bought the peanut butter, you'd let it go. I necessarily wouldn't let it go. I still think it'd be stupid. But at the same time, it's like, you know, um, it would be more, I think, uh, understandable. Okay, first and foremost, if Amber bought the peanut butter, it would be stupid because she has a husband who literally has a chance to enter back in the game. Good point. Because if point. he wins, she wins. So that would be I would judge her hardcore for that. It would be stupid and selfish. If someone like Danny Boatwright bought the peanut butter, I really would not care in the slightest because homegirl ain't coming back in anytime soon. Like, you might as well stay well fed, Danny. Like, eat up, buy a burger if you can, please. Yeah, you guys. Right. I don't know if you guys were like me, but during this entire Edge of Extinction Challenge, the only thing I could think about is. Huh. I wonder if Sandra could have won this. Like, I was trying to think in my head. I was like, is there a possibility she could have won this? I'm just really upset that she quit. We didn't talk about this last week, but I, I'm furious that she quit Edge of Extinction. She is a quitter. I love the queen still, but, you know, I, I, I was very upset by that. She's, she didn't want to play anymore. She didn't want to yeah, play. That's a quit. <laughs> that's a quit. Yeah, whatever. Hey, if you know what? I, look, people always think quitting's a big deal. Look, if you don't want to play anymore, who cares? Go home. It's, it's your choice. I don't think there's anything morally wrong with it. As somebody who's won $2 million playing Survivor, she certainly understands, like, how beneficial that is for her family. So it's like, you just can't, you can't wait three days and at least, at minimum, uh, try the, like, the merge challenge and see how it goes. Another thing is, we don't know what the, like, we didn't know that a challenge was necessarily going to be the only way you would get back into the game. You know, it seems like with the idea of coins, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that they could have had something where it's like, hey, if you get, like, 10 coins, you can re-enter the game or something like that. Why didn't she just stick it out and see exactly what was going on? Well, they, they, she might have known for sure it was a challenge. Like, they all seem pretty confident that it was a challenge. So they might have been told by for, for two, listen, I'm out of shape, right? I got me and Sandra probably have the exact same chance of winning that that Edge of Extinction challenge. But for two million dollars, I'm gonna try my best. You know, like, <laughs> listen, I'll be honest. I think the, the sorry, let me go ahead first, but uh, I'll be honest, the I don't blame Sandra one bit. She looked at the competition, she's uh, she saw that the, the chance of her coming back is very slim. And, uh, you know, even if it is like some sort of like uh, you know, something where you have to gather, you have to gather fire tokens. You have to think about it logically, right? She only has maybe like one more round uh, until she had, until the whatever you know the re-entry happens. And at that point, she has no fire tokens because she gave uh, I think one of them to Denise, and she only has like one left, I believe. So I mean, you know, if no, you, you have all, all all out. Oh right, that's right. She has so yeah, she has none pretty much. So at that point, it's like you know, by the time uh, there's even if there's a chance to, for her to get, get extra fire tokens, it's already hard for her to begin with, considering who else is on the who else is on edge. You know, I don't blame her one bit, and I just want to say I believe I called it when we did our when we did our last podcast. You did. I said, I said, Sandra, I I wouldn't be surprised if she just showed up and she just says I'm gone, and you know what? That's what happens. So uh, yeah, there you go. Sayonara. The queen got twin. Sayonara. The, <laughs> the king stays king. See. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the immunity challenge. Uh, first thing, Andrew, were you worried about Sophie's well-being? Because I I, I was. <laughs> Very much so. Yes. Um, I was quite alarmed during that. I'm I'm glad she's fine, but still, ee, ee, mm -mm. 
you know, you know, news. I was I was really surprised that Tyson didn't hang in longer. Do you think it's possible he threw that challenge? Oh, absolutely. Like, there, like I think Tyson, uh, like you said, at Tribal Council, he's really tightening things up, and I think he's just he really like coming back into the game. He doesn't want to turn into the next, you know, Devins. Uh, uh, and uh, Rick Devins, and uh, you know, just create this giant target on him. He knew that he had to play a slow, and I think he uh, threw it. You know, you know, Denise was discussed as a target to Tyler. Do you think that Denise knew going into that mini challenge that her name was being thrown around? Um, I'm sure she had an idea of it, and like, I don't know if she knew for sure. And like again, we don't know how they edited this. But I'm sure she knew everyone kept calling her the Queen Slayer and uh, things like that. And that just can't be a good thing. So I think that's why she stuck out so much. But I want to talk about some of the immunity challenge. Why does there have to... I, I hate when they do this. Why does there have to be a male and female winner? Like... Yeah. I, I don't mind it. But, like, I think that if they just did top two, I would be just as, like, okay Yeah, that's with what it. they should do. Like, like it, to me, it's just very confusing. Like, I just don't see... Like, I mean, women and men have both won this challenge before. Like, it's not like it's a, an exclusively male thing. We see women beat men in this challenge all the time. So I don't understand why they feel the need to have a male and female winner. Especially when there's, like, a slight imbalance, too, like, in the number of, like, men and women that merge. Yeah, exactly. I remember, uh, sorry, uh, but I actually remember women actually dominated this challenge in Heroes vs. Villains, Parvati and Danielle. They, like, they, they did, like, this crazy pose while they were holding on uh, to the pole. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I just I I mean I, I've always been a big advocate that there should only be one immunity challenge winner. Like I don't we don't need like you know I don't know I just think it's silly. What do you think, Andrew? I mean that didn't really bother me too much. I can see how it can be construed as silly and like thinking, yeah, maybe it should have just been one winner. Um, I think they just like to throw in these random things to be like, ooh, we're keeping it like. We're shaking it up or whatever. So, I mean, it didn't bother me too much. I was kind of indifferent to it. Um, yeah, you're just shaking it up, though. Like, imagine, like, okay, we're going to throw, um, you know, an advantage into this. And we're going to have two. But only a male can get it and a female can get it. It can't be two males or it can't be two females. Like, that would be really weird. They said, there's idols out here, but that's a male idol you found. You have to yeah. well, but, you I found mean, the pink idol. idol. was different from an, an, an immunity challenge, though. Like, you know... I, I don't see the same. The, it's not the It's not comparable, honestly speaking. And I know you're actively searching. Like, it'd be stupid if you do that. Because if a woman found a male idol, like, I'd be livid. Like, what type of nonsense? <laughs> like, an immediate challenge is at least somewhat like, well, I beat all the other women, so it's done. Yeah, it's you make a good point, Tyler. It is a little messy to do that. Like, I think that like if they, I guess they just wanted to get excitement right out of it. But I feel like there's better ways to go about it. Like, you could have had the feast. I guess they didn't need the feast because they had one at merge. But you could do something like that. You could even do like a twist where it's like, hey, the first person that drops out gets like, I don't know, like a an idol clue or something like that. Like, there's a lot of ways that you could have made it more exciting than having like two winners. Fourth person off also wins immunity. So when the third person drops, everyone's jumping like everyone's Somebody does a fucking swan dive off the pole. <laughs> like you have yeah. to you have to come over here and you know touch the idol. You never jump off at once, right? That's right. All right. Well, since you know the the merge, I think based on this episode looks really um, entertaining, and, and I have high hopes for the rest of the season. So now what we want to do is we're going to go around. And uh, I'm going to ask each player uh, what, uh, or each person in the podcast, excuse me, uh, what a single person needs to do going forward in the game. So we'll start with Andrew. Andrew, what do you think that Adam needs to do to uh, make it deep into the game? Find an idol, stop being so messy, not piss off every single person on the island, pray for a miracle, hope that divine intervention intervenes and takes him to the end, or actually speaking, Keep being annoying, go to the end as a goat, but then lose. So, yeah, I'm not too hopeful for him. Yeah, I think Adam should just go back to to his roots uh, during Millennials and Jacks. And what he did really well, one of the few things, quite frankly, I think he did really well, is I do think that he was able to surround himself with people that were like in more in power than him and kind of like be like their right hand man. He did that with David Wright and Ken. And then at the end of the day, he turns out that he was the most respected of those people at the end. And I think that that would be the smart way. If he could just find allies and gain their trust, uh, they have a little bit of power in the game. I, I do think he could make it pretty far. 
Well, speaking of like um that again, like I kind of go back to my archetypes type, uh, archetypes theory. Like you have to remember, the millennials versus Gen X cast was filled with outcasts and freaks. Like those were Adam's people. Yeah. Like he got along with them. When David Wright is in the in crowd, anyone can get in there and just be part of the group. Here, that's not the case. There are more bullish players. They're more well put together. They're more refined. They're not going to um, look at Adam the same way that cast did. Yeah, for sure. So next, we'll go over to News. News, what do you think Benji Bergen needs to do to make it far? Honestly, God, I think she. This this may be a hot take, but I think so far he's doing pretty decent. Um, I think that what he needs to do next, I think he just needs to, uh, you know, solidify himself an actual like uh, tight alliance, whether that be like a final two alliance or final three. And uh, I think he needs to just continue with that alliance. So far, it doesn't seem like people are necessarily coming after him first out of like the you know big target alliance, whatever uh, whatever criteria Ben met for that one. <laughs> so who knows about that? But uh, um, I think Ben just needs to solidify some solid alliance and move forward with that. Do you think Ben has a chance to win this? Honestly, God, uh, this is a. I think uh, the problem with Ben though is that his original win is kind of tainted. So who knows if that will have any effect on like how people view his like uh, you know his right to be on the season. If that uh, if it doesn't have any effect, I think if Ben plays a solid game, I think he has a good chance to win. Yeah. So Tyler, I'll go to you next. What does Denise need to do to um to move forward? I think actually Denise is in a fairly good spot. People seem to be coming to her still. I think she needs to find an actual Malcolm, though. I think she needs to find just one other person in the game that she can completely trust, and preferably someone who's a bit of a bigger target than her. So I think if she can do that, I could see her actually making an endgame and possibly the final three. If not, though, she's going to be kind of a lone woman, and she'll always have that stigma of the Queen Slayer, and that will eventually catch up to her. The thing that fears, like, like scares me about Denise, right, is like if Denise does make it far in the game, I do wonder if, if like she's ever gonna be able to top the the Sandra thing in terms of like the quote unquote resume. Which I hate the resume talk, but I do think that's something that a lot of jurors will look for, and I do think that it's like everything else that she does in comparison is probably gonna look really poor, right? So I do wonder if it's gonna if it's gonna be perceived as strong as it probably actually is. Are you scared for Denise as Adam is scared about being on a pole? Pretty much, yeah. All right, I'll go next. I'll go with Jeremy. I, I think Jeremy is real key here to try to make sure that that, that uh, big guys alliance that we talked about earlier with uh, Ben Tyson and Tony, I think, were the people that were in it. I think he tries to make that as close as possible, but he also needs to make sure that the other people's right-hand people uh, go home as well. So he, he has a lot of options at the end, uh, and they don't. Um, so I like the way that he handled the Wendell thing. He tried to stick his neck out there, but he didn't uh, really throw a fit. They didn't, nobody had this confession that says, hey, Jeremy, this is crazy guy. He's going on a rampage here. He was trying to get his way. Uh, you know, people did call him out as kind of being able to run things. But I do think the fact that he didn't get his, his way, I do think will hopefully, like, temper that down a little bit. So next, uh, we will go back to Andrew. Andrew, what do you think Kim needs to do? Who we have not Kim's mentioned like- at all during this podcast. Not, no, I think it's the first time. Um, yeah, it is kind of alarming that Kim hasn't been mentioned yet. But on the same note, I've actually been kind of impressed with Kim so far. I think what Kim needs to do, I think she needs to find a close ally, someone who will just be her ride or die and stick with her, or an alliance that will do that same thing for her. Because what I saw from the expanded tribes portion of the game gives me hope that Kim could potentially go far in this game if she keeps playing the way she was playing at that portion of the game. Um, I really don't think she needs to, you know, I know there's that whole resume talk, so I know for her she's going to have to do something as well because this season that seems like something they're going to emphasize, but her biggest thing I think is just finding someone to stick close to. Yeah, the one thing that scares me about Kim is like what's going to happen when somebody mentions her name? When she's like a viable target, I don't know how she's going to react because that first episode, she looked awful uh, when she thought it could be her or, or Tyson or Amber. So I, I do wonder what her composure is going to be when she, her name eventually comes up. Because her name never really came up during One World. So we didn't know yeah. this about her. She, she can't play from the bottom. And her name will come up. Yeah, for sure. 
Everyone's 100%, which is why she needs someone to stick close to. Sorry. Yeah, I'm just saying if her name doesn't come up to then, she's not winning in the final three. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. But I have a feeling that Kim Spradlin's name will come up at some point in the game. And so that name will be when Jeff reads her uh, name to vote her out. <laughs> All right, dudes, we'll go back to you. What is, uh, as you mentioned earlier, uh, Queen stays Queen. What do you think Michelle needs to do uh, to get further in the game? Um, I think right now her social game has been phenomenal. Uh, one of the best this season. I cannot, you know, praise her enough. Um, uh, I, I think that she's doing great. But I think to, you know, start uh, taking, not control of the game, but actually, uh, you know, I know you hit it wide, but building a resume, I think she needs to kind of play. Uh, this is going to be, you know, this is going to be an interesting take on my end, but I think she needs to uh, kind of play like Sarah Lacina in Game Changers and uh, be the kind of like a, someone who, who, someone where the vote relies on her, her decision. You know what I mean? Someone where she can flip flop and so that everyone knows, you know, if she makes it at the end that, you know, she just, she just didn't ride coattails. She she was the decision maker, you know what I mean? I think that's what really was missing from her uh, win from what we saw in uh, Korong. And uh, I think that's why she she was really bashed because it seems like she just got the win out of nowhere, where, whereas, you know, the social game wasn't necessarily shown. But I think for w- winners at war, I think for the jury, I, th- I think they will need to actually see that, you know, decision-making type of gameplay. Do you think her social game is that good if she's been left out of the vote so many times already? Absolutely. You know, I mean, like, uh, <laughs> I know I sound like the biggest, uh, you know, suck up to Michelle. Um, but, uh, you know, I just uh, I you think she doing... doesn't listen to this news. <laughs> listen, bro. If she does, Michelle, hit me up. Uh, I'll uh, you know give you my phone number and uh, we could talk. I'll be better than Wendell. Oh, wow. What a, what a Chad. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> New news is at home. Like, dear Michelle, I wrote you, but you're still not calling. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know that. You know that's you know that Eminem you know song. You know that Eminem song. song yeah, that's what. That's, that's the joke news. That's the joke. You said Chad, dumbass. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. Why well, news you looks up? Really hope Michelle's not listening to this yeah. now, dude. Yeah. yeah just lost all- okay. Why news? Why news looks up internet terminology? I'm gonna go back to Tyler on this. Tyler, I, I know you're a big Nick fan. I know you are probably the biggest Nick fan I know. What do you think that Nick needs to do to be able to make it forward in this game? Um, I think um, remember when Nick got really upset and he started yelling at everyone in his tribe because he was left out on a vote on David versus Goliath. Yeah, I think he needs to do exactly that again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, no, I think what Nick needs to do is I think he needs to. Um, Stick with Michelle. I think that's a really good ally for him, someone that he can completely trust and play things off of. And I think, he, you know, it's really good he's underestimated again. I think every decision Nick has made this game so far has been really astute. And I think he's been very perceptive, and it shows you that he is actually a really strong player. And I think if he just kind of idles himself back a bit, let him be forgotten about, unless his name gets brought up again, then he needs to be a bit more forceful. But idle himself back again, and... um make moves when he sees needed. And I think he can do the same thing he did in David versus Goliath if he goes to the end with the right people. Man, can I just say, the editors have seriously done Nick uh, injustice. They have made him look uh, like a socially awkward uh, creep Every single every single scene he's on, and I'm sure he's a great guy, but like straight up, they've they've shown him such a bad light. I feel bad. Well, this podcast has put you in a bad light, so you know, know, dudes, I get where you're coming from on that, but I don't see it as bad. Like it was weird this episode because they mentioned that his social game was good, but then they show him kind of like creeping, and it was it was a funny scene. Like I, I did enjoy it. Um, but like I don't, I didn't see that as like, hey, like this is like some like really like uh like uh, socially inept guy. I kind of saw it as like, hey, this guy is like really trying to keep all of his options open. And, and you know, I think Nick's one of the most polarizing people in the game. Like I wouldn't be surprised no matter what happens if if Nick wins the game, I wouldn't be too surprised. If Nick gets voted out next, I wouldn't be too surprised. If Nick goes on to lose fire making, that doesn't shock me. If he loses the final travel, that doesn't shock me either. So my uh, man, I don't think... you remember the the scene with Parvati where you know there's like you're my high school crush or even like the tribal council was like you know Parvati I used to adore her and all this stuff but to be fair it's like it's like how how do you say that and not come off awkward and like he didn't have a choice not to say it right because like he had already exposed it to the other tribe so it's like you know like uh you know you're gonna come off with anybody yeah, you know if you talk if if you met your celebrity crush you'd look you sound just as awkward and dude, we all you wouldn't even talk to them like let's be honest here you wouldn't even... 
Okay, well, listen here, Tyler. You got shut up. No, I'm, uh, <laughs> no, I'm messing around. Um, but yeah, I, I see what you're saying about Nick. Um, I think you know. Hopefully, the uh, at least in my eyes, hopefully the editors do uh, do a better job. With like this socially awkward quote unquote stuff, I mean, this is very similar to David versus Goliath. He was kind of seen as like this country bumpkin from Kentucky, not as a lawyer in his original season. They're like, oh, you can't really worry about Nick. So he has this perception that he's just this kind of like awkward fan who's just really eager and happy to be here. That's a good spot for him to be in because that's not who he is. And he can make the moves necessary to go further in the game. So if he's given on that perception, good for him. Yeah, but do you think by the end, if he makes it to the end, like that he'll be given credit, or do you think he'll still be like seen in a bad light? Um, I think if he's at the end with the right people, he will get the votes to win. And who do you think that would be like right now? I who think, do you think the right I think people? I think he could there? beat Michelle. I would not be surprised at that, and I think he could beat someone like Adam. Okay, gotcha. Fair enough. Yeah. All right, I'll go next with Sarah. I, I think Sarah needs to stay close to Tony, and, and I think. You know, use him as a meat shield as she's probably tr- already thinking about. I also think that if she can get into like the kind of like the big threats kind of alliance, which I don't know how they don't consider her to be a threat, but they consider Jeremy to be a threat. Like I agreed that like her game in Game Changers was a little bit like uh, left a lot to be desired, but it was like a dominant performance, right? And like I'll never forgive her for what she did to Sari. Um, but I do think that like it was her all returning season. Like I think that you sh- should definitely look at her as a threat. So I think if she just like play plays with the big dogs and stays with Tony, I think that she's got a good chance to make it to the end and then you make one or two big moves and i think that she could be um on the cusp of another win all right we'll go to andrew andrew tell me what you think about sophie's chances of moving forward um i think sophie's a very astute player i think she's noticing things i think she's shown some form of awareness um i think for sophie to win she's going to need I think she kind of just needs to keep doing what she's doing. The only thing I think that may happen to her um, is if she flies under the radar for too long and her name doesn't get brought up and she makes it to the end, she won't win. And the other concern I have for her is that I don't know what happens when her name has been brought up. Because if I'm not mistaken, her name hasn't been brought up yet this game so far. So I don't know what happens the first time someone brings her name up. Will she have enough people supporting her to stay, or will she just, you know, roll over and die and go? So, yeah, that's a good point, Andrew. I don't even remember Sophie's name coming up in South Pacific right offhand. Maybe I'm wrong by that, but I, I just can't remember a time that her name was ever brought up. Yeah, it's kind of the same situation as Kim. So, like, time will tell. Yeah. All right, we'll go back to news. News. You have the fortune, the fortune, of having Team TV. Uh, what do you think Tony needs to do to be able to duplicate his success in Kagiyan? Dude, Tony being in the merge, first and foremost, is a miracle. And uh, he is going to have an uphill battle to get to the final uh, three or two or whatever it is. I, I, like, I think he has the right idea. And, you know, every confessional, it shows just how smart of a player Tony is. And uh, I think he's just going to... I think he's just gonna keep doing what he's doing. I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna give a suggestion and act like as if uh, uh, I know better than Team TV. Um, I I think he's just gonna he's just gonna keep the you know he's just gonna keep the momentum going and uh, do what he has to do. News. Who do you think is he's the most likely to talk llama to? Uh, let me see. Oh, Sophie. Sophie. Okay. <laughs> Sophie fits that cast role very well. I think I don't know if that's just me, but uh, I think uh, I think they, if they butt heads, I, I can't wait to see that. I'm thinking Tyson, because I, I think Tyson's the only person in the game that may speak llama back to him. All right, we will go to Tyler now, and we're going to talk about the Edge of Extinction returning. We're going to talk about uh, Tyson. What do you think about Tyson? So, like, what do I think he needs to do to win? Exactly. Um, I think he needs to get to the final three and get the plurality of the votes to the final tribal council. That's such a hot take by a <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. um, I think Tyson I think Tyson could be voted out and come back again and still win if he makes the end. I, I, I do think t- all of Tyson's friends are on edge of extinction right now. And that's a lot of jury votes from him. I think um I, I do think Tyson's still a huge threat to, to the end. What does he need to do? I think he needs to um, 
Tyson's very good at bringing the outcasts in and working with them. He was very good at getting Coach on his side in Token Chains and in Heroes vs. Villains. He was very good at talking to Monica and Blood vs. Water when she was kind of on the outside. So I think he needs to find people like Nick and Michelle and really kind of bring them in. Like, look, I'm willing to work with you. I'm willing to help you. Maybe even like Adam. Like, Adam, I'm willing to help you in this game. And I think when he was talking to Ben, saying, oh, we're the big targets. I don't think he saw Ben as a big target. But it's very good to tell someone, oh, you're so good. You're so good. People will target you. That made Ben feel good and made him feel good working with Tyson, if you think you're the same level. So I think if you can implement that strategy again, I think he can uh, go very far in this game. Oh, that's a good point by Tyler. I actually want to bring up is he just said that that the you know edge of extensions fail with Tyson's friends. If you're someone in the game, how like what do you think like Tyson did to you know avoid that target? Because that seems like such an easy target to put on him. Yeah, I would um, agree with I that. Think, I think you can say that the winners actually won't be rewarding uh, someone who's returned to the game by saying they don't believe in that stuff because they're old school. Um, and then it's just up to the people if they believe it or not. Mm, okay, yeah, that's true. All right, lastly, I'll go over the people that are on Edge of Extinction. I, I think the the real move here is just to make sure that everybody on Edge of Extinction likes you. I think even though to get coins, it may be a little bit uh, chaotic at times, and you may have to get rough with with other individuals and try to like you know maneuver uh, to to get those coins. I think you have to make sure that you're cool with everybody else because in the, the day, they are going to be the potential jury members. So. That's basically all we're going to do. Let, let's look at next week. Uh, Andrew, do you think anybody is going to wave the flag on Edge of Extinction next week? No, I don't think so. I don't think they should, honestly speaking. But I also didn't think Sandra would wave the flag, and I was wrong about that. So who knows? Uh, I But I really, I really don't think at this point they will know. You know, news we saw in the preview uh, at the end of the episode that that it seems like Nick was really upset, obviously, with with Wendell going home, and he looks like he's like targeting uh, Officer Sarah. What do you make of that? Are are you interested in seeing like a Nick versus Sarah uh, kind of showdown, or do you think it's going to transpire into something completely different? Uh, I, I'm interested to see what happens, but I think it's going to transpire into something else. If you actually remember in Davis versus Goliath, uh, something funny about Nick is that whenever he would get, uh, you know, uh, left out on the vote or something like that, or like, you know, lied to, he took it very badly. In confessionals, he would always say, he was like, oh, I'm going to get them back, or, you know, I'm, I, they totally uh, backstabbed me, and, you know, he took it really badly. But, uh, you know, he was able to bounce back from that, and I, I don't think, uh, I think once he realizes that, you know, the votes are may not be there, I think he's just going to, you know, go with the whatever other vote uh, there might be. Yeah, and, and Tyler, who do you think is like your dark horse pick to go home next week? Um, ooh, like if you say Michelle. So I think Tyson's in trouble. Okay, good. Um, I, but I don't know if he's my my dark horse pick to go home next would be like Ben somehow. Okay. I don't know. Like, it's just hard to predict what's going on in this game. Like, I don't think it's going to be Michelle or Nick. Like, I do not. And then, other than that, I feel like it could literally... Like, I think it's likely to be Adam. I think Tyson's a high probability, too. Um, and then, a Dark Horse, I would go something like Ben, I guess. Yeah, I, I think the idea that we can see here and we can make rational cases for how almost anyone could be voted out next week, I, I think really speaks to the fluidity of the season. And uh, hopefully it's it'll be entertaining for the rest of the merge. All right, so we're at the end now. So what we're going to do is we're going to go around and we're going to say, do you want to get anything off your chest? Anything that you didn't get to say earlier? You can talk about a player, a challenge, anything you want to talk about. Andrew, do you have anything you want to get off your chest? I really, really, really hope and pray that Adam stops being a big crybaby this season because, he, you know, I've tried to give him the benefit of the doubt, but like, you know, after seeing him kind of just spaz out this episode, I'm kind of just starting to give up hope on this man. So I hope he pulls it together for his sake, but th- that's what I need to get off my chest because it's, it's really not a good look. Wow. Toxic, Andrew. News, oh, do you have anything you want to get off your chest? Yeah, okay. So I don't know if I've just noticed it or what, but the past couple episodes, there's like this weird music that they put in before Tribal Council. It, it, it feels so weirdly mixed in. It doesn't fit it at all. I don't know if you, you guys have noticed about uh, If you guys have, what are your thoughts on it? Um, news first, can you explain to the audience what music is for those who don't know? What? <laughs> Something that sounds good? I don't know. 
<laughs> okay. Uh, oh, Lord. I, I, it's very irritating. It, it's, it's like, I hope you are ready or something like that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it, it, it's certainly going to be interesting that they kind of went away from the traditional uh, music for the 40th season. Kind of a weird time to do it now when people are like <laughs> used to it for 20 years. This is like the music and the advertisements, like the promos. And like, they never brought that in to the episode, like to the season before. So like, I don't know why. Like, sometimes they've had like heavy rock on the commercials for Survivor, like, you know, four or five years ago. But you never like hear that on the show. <laughs> like, yeah, it's I, the I'm, weirdest thing ever. Imagine if we were watching Big Brother. And they were doing like the OTEF comp, and then like the Big Brother like theme music starts playing in the background, <laughs> like as they're like yeah. climbing the wall, like like the one from like Big Brother Two, like the piano, like do 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 do. Yeah. All right, Tyler, do you have anything you want to get off your chest? I do actually. Um, as we know, news has revealed earlier on this podcast that he is in love with the the Queen Michelle. I am also in love with Michelle. So um, yeah. <laughs> I don't we go from here that we both wander. I would say the analogy is of how Michelle would view us. I would be the pole she's hanging on to. And news would be Adam, her friend, trying to help her over when she's limping after she's done with me. Oh, okay. Yeah, I forgot to, oh, we forgot to mention that. That was the funniest scene ever. Um, you could just tell how like visually like awkward uh, Michelle felt. <laughs> she kind of tried to push Adam away. But then Adam went like further under her, her arm. It was the weirdest. Uh, <laughs> it was the weirdest scene. Hey, listen, his heart was in the right space. Like at least, like Eli, he was trying to help. Like you know. Yeah, it yeah. was. Yeah. What do you notice when anyone's talking about? Like any of the guys are trying to talk to a girl in the season or talking about them. News just rails on them like they're the biggest idiot in the world or like a big loser. Yeah, because he wish he was the one doing the railing. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm I'm next here. Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna get this off my chest. It is season 40. It is all winners. Please, please, Survivor. I know this has already been filmed. Please do not have six individual immunities in a row that are endurance-based. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's the 40th season. Do not do this to us, okay? You can put a damn puzzle in at Final 10, okay? It's not going to kill you, all right? You have a carnival game. Do or not, like, do not. You used to have, like, the word searches when they just have, like, all the words on, like, the, the jumbled letters. This stuff like that, too. Why can't you do that now? In Borneo, they had literally a fire-making challenge as immunity. Like, like, I, I just, like, we don't have to have, hey, hold on to this pole. Hey, balance this pole. Hey, like, uh, you know, like, uh, balance this ball on top of this pole. <laughs> it's like, go away. Like, you have, you have a, a, a paid crew of challenge producers. And this is what you give us? I, I hope this does not continue for season 40. I, I, I really hope because that really, really grinds my gears. Anyway, we appreciate everybody for watching. Thank you to uh, Andrew News and Tyler for being on. Uh, you can catch us every week on Reality Weekly. We're going to be talking about Survivor every season. You can also catch us starting Monday on Reality Daily. Uh, we'll have a short little podcast uh, every day. We're going to talk about the challenge. We're going to talk about Bachelor. We're going to talk about Big Brother Canada or the end of Big Brother Canada. Uh, so we appreciate you guys watching, and we hope we see you next week. Bye.